Hey everybody, Bob Olson here with Afterlife TV. You can find us at afterlifetv.com. This is where we talk about life after death and answer the meaningful questions you have around that subject. Today's episode is another bite-sized episode, and we're going to hear from Kelly, who's going to tell us about her near-death experience. I want to announce that our friend Paul Selig has a new book out that I know many of you are going to want to read. I've talked about Paul Selig in past episodes, interviewed him um, at one time, and he has a new book out called The Book of Truth, the Master Trilogy, book two. So The Book of Truth, I was able to read an advanced copy of that. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, his books just keep getting better and better and better. And, and that's certainly true with this one. The Book of Truth, I highly recommend it. If you like Paul Selig, if you like channeled text, that's what this is. Wisdom from advanced spiritual entities, I guess you might describe it as. Anyways, highly recommended Paul Selig's The Book of Truth. Today's episode is sponsored by Best Psychic Directory. That's my directory that has over 800 psychics and mediums can schedule a reading with someone you can schedule that with them privately or you can get an instant reading you can go right to bestpsychicdirectory.com look for the instant readings tab and you can see who's available at that very moment sometimes there's 30 35 people there sometimes there's 15 depending on uh, the time of day and but they're all great readers so bestpsychicdirectory.com Lastly, just want to mention, thank you, everybody. Oh, my goodness. The new book, my new book, The Magic Mala, A Story That Changes Lives. Holy mackerel. Um, yeah, it's doing really well. Uh, it's doing phenomenal, actually. So many people are reading it and loving it and writing comments to all our places that we have comments. And we're getting a lot of reviews on Amazon. I'll just read a couple of them so you get a sense of what this book is about. DDH says, reading it for the second time. That's kind of cool. I practice kundalini yoga, so I am familiar with the use of mantras and own a couple of malas, but have never really used them until I read this book. I read The Magic Mala while on vacation and enjoyed it so much that I am now reading it a second time, highlighting all the pearls of wisdom and marking the pages for reference. It is so full of insight and information that it is meant to be used and practiced to enhance your life. I purchased a second copy for a friend and recommended it to several others, hoping to start a book club. That's very cool. There is so much to be shared from this book. Thank you, Bob Olson, for compiling such wonderful wisdom wrapped up in a compelling storyline. Satnam. Uh, S. Prindle. This is a must-read book. I have read dozens of books offering similar messages, but the way the author wove the lessons into the storylines made it an easy and enjoyable read. I finished it in less than a day. As Prindle goes on to say, I couldn't put it down. I have it highlighted and flagged everywhere. I have already ordered additional copies to share with friends and family. This is a keeper that I will reread and use for reference for years to come. Uh, you can see a, a pattern here. So many other people are reading it and then buying copies for their friends and family members. And of course, you know, you know how that is. When you read a book that you really love, you can't wait to share it with other people. You want to be the one, right? <laughs> Listen, it's just true. I, I'm this way. You want to be the one who gave your friend uh, or family member that you know, that amazing book. And, and we just see this happening. 
Mike says, excellent book, informative and practical. This book truly brings everything together. All the fragmented pieces of the puzzle finally come together. If you have delved into metaphysics, then you know there's so much info out there, but it's just bits and pieces and nothing cohesive, or the info just doesn't click. This book will bring it together for you. Highly recommended. I also own Answers About the Afterlife, which is another great book by Bob Olson. Uh, Karen Balt or Karen B. Alt, not sure, says, great read. I absolutely love this book. I look forward to more from Mr. Olson. <laughs> okay. Uh, book Lover Co. says, I enjoyed the book and purchased another copy for a friend. So there we go again. It has been some time since reading an uplifting book about how to set our goals and working with affirmations. I enjoyed this book and purchased another copy for a friend. Ann McCordy says, just my cup of tea. I love the book and will recommend it to anyone who wants to change their life for the better. Although I'm familiar with the ideas in the book, it was great to see them presented in such an entertaining and instructional manner. It did introduce me to mala beads and I now have some of my own. Definitely a keeper of a book. I plan to make a gift of it to several friends and family. Mary from Scotland says, a brilliant story makes everything so easy to understand. I could not put it down. This is a must to read. Thanks, Bob Olson, for doing this book. Ruth Riley, Ruth L. Riley says, the right teacher at the right time. The Magic Mala has been the perfect catalyst to nourish my growing edge. A couple of years ago, my son traveled to India and brought me back a mala. I knew it was a tool for a prayer like, like a rosary, but used it as a necklace or bracelet. Since retiring five years ago, I've had time and opportunity to follow my passion for energy healing. This book has been a bridge to connect to this work. I've recommended it to all my healer friends, and I can't see how it wouldn't benefit anyone with an open heart. And as a party, I hope I said that right. And as a party says, absolutely love this book. The Magic Mala, read it, she says. And finally, someone just with the letter P says, beautifully done. You'll love this book. Read it in six evenings. Highly recommend. All right. Thank you to everybody who has left a review here on Amazon. I'm grateful to you. I enjoy reading them. Gives both me and Melissa great fulfillment to know that people are benefiting and entertained and just enjoying this book overall. So thanks for letting me share some of those reviews with you. Now we'll go on to Kelly's NDE. Here we go. Hi, Bob. My name is Kelly Keenan. I would like to share my near-death experience. This was 1995. I was close to being 19 years old. I was approximately 12 weeks pregnant. I noticed that I was having some symptoms of a miscarriage. I went to the ER. Due to some of the symptoms at the ER, I was told that there was no heartbeat and that my body was going through the process of dispelling the pregnancy. I was told of the things to watch for and if I developed additional symptoms or worsening of my current symptoms to come back to the ER. At that time, I did return home to continue the process that my body was, was going through. Later that evening, I really wasn't doing well at all. My symptoms did worsen to a more severe level, so I made my way back to the hospital. They immediately took me to a room, laid me on the bed. They started an IV, and that's all I remember. Everything physically stopped as far as what was going on in that room. 
I was able to see around me, but I was in a black space. I could feel someone with me, but I could not see them. I was communicating with them, though, but it wasn't a communication with my mouth. It was communication through thought. However, I could hear them. I could hear the thoughts as if they were with my own ears. I realized that I started into a tunnel-like space. I could see the hospital room and hospital bed. I was going very, very fast. I wasn't walking or running. I was free from any physical restraints, such as my body. So it was very much like float, like flying and floating. I was very light. I noticed that it was as if I was able to see both realms at the same time. I could look toward my left and downward, and I could see me laying in the hospital bed. I could even see the pregnancy that was no longer viable. I was heartbroken. At that time, I was instructed, not through words, but just by knowing what to do and being guided, to continue to move toward the end of the tunnel. I still felt another presence with me. The longer I was in that realm, in that tunnel, the easier it was to move forward, to understand, and to see clearly. The more my desire grew to want to get to my destination of where I was headed so quickly while in that tunnel. As I approached the end of the tunnel, I was able to see what started as a pinprick of light to a larger, much more dense, very, very bright light. So bright and so dense that it was solid. I couldn't see through it. However, I could feel it. It felt very warm, kind, and loving, compassionate, accepting, and unconditional type love. I remember feeling like I was home. I was so excited. I was so, there was no sadness for what I have left behind. And honestly, I did not feel the need to hold on to anything that I left behind in this physical world. I was just wanting to be there and stay there in the light. In that light stood someone. I felt like this person was female. She held out her hands and her arms to welcome me with complete love. I could also see that there were many, many people standing behind her. I was aware that they knew me and loved me and were excited to see me. However, I think it was more of a comforting presence for me to assist in the transition. I was immediately told that I was not to stay and that I had to return to my body. I remember feeling so sad and ups upset and started to beg to not have to return. It all happened so fast that I was immediately taken back to my body. I was still with the presence during this whole time and talking to them, expressing my desire to not have to return. They gently and lovingly reminded me of my family that I still had here and that I was still needed here and that I had still a yet a lot to accomplish. It then occurred to me that I completely forgot about my friends and family here in this physical plane. As soon as I remembered them and was able to connect my feelings to them, I remember getting closer and closer in a downward motion toward my body in the hospital bed. As soon as I merged into my physical body, I was awakened in the middle of a seizure that my body was having due to blood loss that occurred. That's the end of my experience, but it gave me an insight as to my question, is it all real? Was there life after death? I believe that it helped me tremendously as I was learning and growing and establishing my faith and belief systems. I hope that you enjoyed my near-death experience and that someone out there was helped and comforted in some way. Thank you for allowing me to share, Bob. Hi, Kelly. Thank you much for sharing your story. Uh, Melissa is here with me. Say hi. Hi, Kelly. 
listen, both of us, and, and I'm sure all of the audience, I know that was 1995, but you know, this is one of those things that, that stays with you for the rest of your life. It affects you. And so our condolences for the loss of the miscarriage that you had. A lot of people can relate. A lot of people have been through that and it's not an easy experience to have. I know people who've been through it. What a great story though, about your near death experience. The fact is this is a very textbook near death experience. And, and in, in ways I say that because I, I like the, the fact that this is very textbook. We'll talk about a couple of things. I wish I could interview you about this in, in that way, but you know, I've, I've done these interviews and a lot of them, they're very, very much the same, but I find it interesting. You talked about, you were sort of in black space. Yes. And I've talked with a couple of people here on afterlife TV about that. And, and a lot of times they described that as a comforting black space, not, you know, we associate as human beings that with darkness and darkness is scary, that sort of a thing many times. And, but people who've had NDEs quite often, it's not a scary darkness or blackness. Right. It's a comforting blackness. There's yeah, no I remember th- someone describing it as um, blackness with light. Yeah. Yeah, which, right. which it was an interesting description, I thought. It, right. And, and also a velvety, like it was yeah. a velvety yeah, yeah. blackness, right. you know. Interesting. And, and also the, the telepathic communication, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Which we hear and in all sorts of different experiences. Exactly. So then you go into this tunnel like space and you're floating or flying and, and you have this presence with you again, very textbook. There's usually almost always a presence. Now how people, what people, how they describe that presence is different different. for for every person. Yeah. And sometimes it has to do with their religion and sometimes it's just their beliefs, whatever it may be, how they describe or even name or even see, I believe it's how they see that presence. Right. I think, I think she said she felt that it was a female. Okay. Uh, and this is mostly at the end of the tunnel. I think it's very interesting. I loved, you talked about the dense solid light at the end of the tunnel, which is an interesting way of describing it. But you talked about how it made, it had this loving, compassionate and accepting feel to it. Well, it gave her that feeling. Again, it's like the darkness. She didn't feel fear, which a lot of people can feel in darkness. Yeah. And then also that you you recognize that there were other beings, other people beyond, just beyond. And again, very textbook. And I'm, I'm only calling it textbook because there are whatever, thousands and thousands and thousands of cases who have described these same things. And what I like about it as an investigator is when a lot of people are saying the same thing, Exactly, it helps you to accept it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's one of the things that um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, I mean, that's was her work, right? I mean, she was trying to compile as much of these stories as possible because it in and of itself was evidence to its truth. And anybody who's studying NDEs can sort of do the same thing. So we love the fact that it's textbook, you know. And and then finally, you know, the results of it being that it made you accepting of death. If if that's the outcome, if that was the only outcome, I know it's more than that. But if that were the only outcome, how awesome would that be? Uh, You also you were also told that you had more work to do here. 
Right. Uh, sometimes people know what that work is and other times they don't, but sometimes it might just feel good to know I'm here for a reason. Right. You know, I'm not, right. this is just not some random accident that I'm in existence right, right now. That's right. Uh, the only thing I, I want to mention, because I've heard this before, but not everybody says the same thing. Some people say the opposite is, um, and, and I know that a lot of people will sort of grab hold of this in a fearful way. You talked about that. You recognized that while you were in the tunnel, you forgot about family and friends. And well, I don't think I have to explain to you why people will get fearful about right. that message. Two things I want to say about one, not everybody feels that way when they have an NDE. So a lot of people did not forget about anybody. And two, there's also, I just want to point out, there's a difference between the near-death experience and being in the spirit world, you know, more permanently. Right. All right. There are two different things. One's a transition and, and the other one's more what we would consider a permanent, <laughs> like mm -hmm. permanent thing, even though our soul can, can have more than one lifetime. Um, right. And it makes me think too, uh, you know, one of the, like, like an example of that, let's just say when we're here in life, say we just go to an amusement park or something and we're going to go on a ride that we haven't been on ever. You know, you're in that experience. You're not thinking about anything else because you're, this is like a new experience. Yeah. I mean, you're distracted by what's going on around you. So you're in the present moment. So yeah. to, to reflect on your family and friends is, is not something you necessarily would do as you're riding through this tunnel towards a light, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're very focused on what's going sure. on. What I will tell you is I've never found any evidence that while someone has been in, in the light, not through the tunnel in the light, as everybody said, they forgot about their family and friends. So if you had those fears because of that, just ease your mind right there. Right. Otherwise, fantastic story, Kelly. Yeah, it was a great story. And good for you. Um, I'm glad you had the experience. I'm very sad for you that you uh, had the miscarriage. And we're so happy you wanted to share it with our audience. Really am. Now, the other thing uh, about miscarriages, I write about miscarriages in the book. So I'm not going to go into it here. It's really too, too complicated. But uh, if you've had a miscarriage and you're wondering about that in reference to the afterlife, answers about the afterlife has a whole chapter on it that's pretty in-depth. So I'll end with that. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Melissa, for being here. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, you're listening to Afterlife TV. You can find us at afterlifetv.com. Our sponsor is bestpsychicdirectory.com. Please comment. You know all the places. I won't list them this time, but you know all the places. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much. Until next week, enjoy yourself.